Welcome to Policy Today, thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State, produced by the Washington Research Council. Hello, welcome to the first edition of our Policy Today podcast for 2016. This is Mary Strau. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. Chris is just back. We're all very jealous from a trip to Hawaii. So he, your tan rested and ready, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, you know, we could have worked out some way that I could have just kind of uh, phoned this one in for a moment. I know. There, You're going to have to work out some kind of telecommuting yes. situation. <laughs> Fortunately, the, the burn rate is a lot higher over there than it is here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, back to the... Um, cold and rainy Pacific Northwest. Uh, Today, we are going to give you sort of a preview of what's going on, what's going to happen in this upcoming legislative session. It starts next week, January 11th. It's going to be a short session, 60 days. um, And uh, legislators are going to have to pack a lot in in those, those two months. So Emily, I'm probably going to get out on uh, you know a little bit early. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh yeah. But, you know, just I think every... there's no, there's no must dos on this. I think exactly. Legislators would just like to go on record as showing that they can actually mm-hmm. you know, meet a deadline, especially in an election year. <laughs> they always want to get out and move on to other activities. Okay, so Emily, uh, let's start with you. What uh, what are some of the things you've got on your radar screen? Uh, Well, the governor proposed a 2016 supplemental budget um, a few weeks ago. Oh, and before I, Mm -hmm. just as a reminder, so this is not a full budget. This is a year when they just kind of tinker with the the budget. It's a two-year budget, Mm -hmm. and so this is a supplemental budget year. Sorry, go ahead. Good clarification. Um, He, in his press conference, he called it um, modest adjustments. It would increase spending by... About five hundred and twenty-one million dollars mm-hmm. over the what has already been um, passed, enacted, and um, a lot of that is maintenance-level changes. Of uh, there were costs that ended up being higher than they were originally anticipated to be, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but there are some policy changes, um, and in addition to the $521 million increase, um, the governor would spend $178 million from the budget stabilization fund for uh, fire, emergency fire relief. Right. From the fires that happened this right. past summer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the $521 million plus $178 million. And then in a separate proposal, um, the governor would um, spend more money to increase teacher salaries. Mm-hmm. More on that in a minute. Um, he, to go back to the actual supplemental budget, mm-hmm. he would um, to pay for the five hundred twenty-one million dollar increase. He takes advantage of the increase in the revenue forecast. Okay. Um, he also would um, transfer forty-two million dollars from other funds into okay. the general fund, and that includes ten million dollars from the performance audit account huh. and ten million dollars from the public works assistance account. And um, listeners may remember that in the original enacted 2015-17 budget, they transferred $73 million from the Public Works Assistance Account. So now they're adding an additional $10 million on top of that. (laughs) Gosh. Um, So there's that. Um, So it doesn't include anything on McCleary. 
right. at all. It doesn't address um, Initiative 1366, mm, mm-hmm. which again is the initiative that was passed by voters that the sales tax will be reduced unless a constitutional amendment is put forward that would require um, two-thirds votes to increase taxes. Yeah. So that's kind of out there still. And I think this, most people are just kind of pretending it doesn't exist. Well, and hoping that the courts will say it's unconstitutional. Yeah, I mean, all so, signs point to yeah, that. Yeah, So, um, So um, that's pretty much, I mean, it's, it is fairly modest mm-hmm. as supplemental budgets go. Um, but then there is this secondary proposal from the yes. governor that he introduced at the same time that would address what he called the teacher shortage, mm-hmm. which I guess the... Um, superintendent of public construction had done a study that says that there's a teacher shortage. Mm-hmm. I haven't really look, looked into that yet, but in order to address this, the governor proposes increasing salaries for teachers, and he would do that by um, closing what he called he called in his press conference he calls them antiquated loopholes. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff we've seen before countless times. Chris, I can't even. Yeah, I wonder if we should set up a tally list of how many times these ones have been trotted out. And and they're still there. Yeah. Um, But they are, um, he would limit the use tax exemption for extracted fuel. He would change the non-resident sales tax exemption to a refund. He'd apply the sales tax to bottled water. And he'd limit the uh, real estate excise tax for closure exemption. All right. So that's the gist of... Of that, that bottled water one's especially interesting because the voters actually rejected. Yeah, I mean, it, it was together with the uh, soda. Yeah, there were a lot of, uh, but but the voters, food, food related. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 but still, v- voters have already rejected. It. It's just interesting that that they keep going back to that one. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how far that one goes. Yeah. Probably not very. I think by now it's just sort of um, automatic that the governor puts that in there, ending those however four or however however, yeah. however many. Yeah. And, and packaged as really as a separate mm-hmm. um, uh, proposal so that uh, um, fighting over it doesn't get in the way of the, uh, of the main supplemental budget. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Well, thanks for that preview. And mm-hmm. starting next week, we'll... Um, see how the legislators react to that, to the governor's proposal. Yep. yep. The wildfire thing should be yeah, I think easy, the, easy this, peasy. Yeah, this this one should be easy. I think it's um, what, what what I'm going to be looking at is what they do on McClary. And it's, yes. you know, they're not going to do anything on really substantive on McClary, but they're supposed no. to set up the process. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to get to a, um, um, a resolution for the Supreme Court. Right. We've been talking to, let's see, We've so far we've talked to House Republicans, House Democrats, Senate Democrats, and it sounds like they are working on putting together a plan, a timeline, which is what the Supreme Court wants. That's why the the legislature, the, no, the state is being fined $100,000 mm-hmm. a day because they haven't given them a plan, not because of um, lack of funding so far, but lack of a plan. But I don't, you know, I, it, it seems to me that like there are, there's a significant portion of lawmakers who would like to work on that and sub- get something submitted to the court. However, it also seems to me like there's a group, um, primarily on the Republican side, um, 
who are so frustrated with the Supreme Court, not only on McCleary, but on charter schools, that they're not terribly inclined to satisfy the court in any way, shape, or form. So hmm. who knows yeah. what will happen there. But but we only have a, we have a 60 days to watch it play out. And, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll know. Yeah. And, of course, on McCleary, as we've noted before, there won't be any no funding decisions will be made. Yes. It's ma- I mean, it's mainly going to be the plan, and then they'll continuing to talk about how they solve all these various problems in the lead-up to next year's session, which will be a big one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is important for them to have some public discussion of these various mm-hmm. um, things that could be done because whatever comes out is going to be controversial, and it oh, takes yeah. a... Uh, a certain amount of education of the public as to mm-hmm. the options and the seriousness of the problem. Um, yeah, and you know, you think of the big, the big one that they have to tackle, the big funding issue is state paying for teacher salaries, and the big question. One of, I mean, there are a, mul- a multitude of questions, but the big question is, what's that going to do to the bargaining? Mm-hmm. So if the state's footing the bill, are they going to continue their bargaining at the local level? Are they going to have to deal with the state? There's the whole who provides the health care. Is the WEA still going to be the middleman? So there's so much for them to tackle. Yep. They may be in session all year next year. (laughs) Sorry (laughs) to anyone who's who's (laughs) listening. But, I mean, there are huge problems left to... uh, Yep, and and um, and um, powerful interest groups lied mm-hmm. on various sides of these um, these these issues, mm-hmm. which will complicate matters for even you know if legislators are kind of inclined to reach an agreement if they're getting pushed. Yes, yeah. I mean, you often find if you get a group of legislators together, they can usually come up with some some fairly palatable legislation, but then. Once it gets opened up to certain interest groups, forget about it. It can it can easily fall apart. Not I'm not I'm not being a pessimist. I'm not saying that that they won't find a solution. But it's it's it is going to be when you look at all the issues involved. It's going to be really really tough. I mean, they're going to be haggling over so such a multitude of issues. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not one of them. <laughs> I'm glad it's not my job. <laughs> All right, Chris, what else so, do you have for us? Well, I think that that um, um, over this period, even going forward after the, after the session, um, we're going to need to keep our eyes on the uh, economy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been uh, uh, going, things have been going remarkably well, at least in the Seattle metropolitan area. And not so badly in the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, Slide behind Seattle, but still is seeing some strength there. But as folks say, this recovery is getting to be uh, quite old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although I don't subscribe to the view that that the the longer it's been since a recession, the more likely it is, higher the probability that we're, we're going to go into a uh, recession in the near term. Um, still. We're being they see things internationally with uh, what's going on in China. Mm-hmm. Um, they consensus seems to be they have not reached the bottom. Yeah, at least from what I've yes, heard. And you know what's funny about 
they've been growing so rapidly that you know even when they s- just slow down to moderate yes. growth, it's, <laughs> it um, creates a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere in the world, where people have been counting on um, strong growth out of out of China to to keep the factories humming, mm-hmm. um, so we'll see, we'll see hap- what's happening there. Um, the economy in Washington. The last two reports we had on the economy in Washington were not too bad. Um, the uh, November's employment report showed a gain of uh, ten thousand one hundred jobs. That's um, nice. Between um, October and November, um, and um, although there was a, a reduction in the estimate of job growth from September to October, uh, as I always like to caution that these initial estimates of, of what's going on in the job market um, are noisy, <laughs> um, uh, prone to a, a fair amount of error because they're um, based on surveys with a relatively small number of, uh, of uh, observations in them. Uh, and as more data comes in, they're subject to con- sometimes considerable revision. Revisions, yeah. But, but so far, the you know this, the uh, employment looks to to be growing here at um, at uh, a very nice rate. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, we also had a revenue collection report uh, where revenues actually came in sixteen million under what had been forecast. Mm. Um, you know, not a big difference but but different not it's not the you, you'd rather see it 16 over rather than 16 exactly and we've um, kind of been counting on especially yes. with the increased education yes. spending we've been exactly. counting on the we, increased we, revenues. we had a number of months in which we were coming a little bit over a little bit, a little yeah. bit over and then yeah. that was leading to revisions upward okay um so the last report didn't was a little bit under yeah um and uh, so we'll keep watching that okay All right. Thanks, Chris. Well, I just wanted to uh, touch on two educated uh, related education related issues. First is charter schools. We've just seen um, this week. What day is today? This fifth? Fifth. Yesterday, senators uh, Andy Billig and Michael Baumgartner, both of um, the Spokane area, dropped a charter school bill that is sort of a fix. It's, it would be a fix for, um, for all intents and purposes, for schools in the Spokane area, not necessarily a fix for charter schools um, in the rest of the state. It would put charter schools under district control, school district control, um, which is all fine and well for Spokane since they have a, a school district that is amenable to charter schools. Um, Seattle is another story. The school district is not very amenable um, to charter schools. Um, so charter school advocates are saying, eh, kind of fairly dismissive of the bill. I mean, it's fine fine for what it is for Spokane. Um, but we will be seeing more legislation, bipartisan, uh, bicameral from House and Senate, um, that will look at a more comprehensive fix for these charter schools that will allow them to operate even under more hostile um, local attitudes. Uh, local, that is, speaking of the, the school districts and the local uh, teachers' unions. Um, of course, amongst the public, they're quite popular. You know, we have quite a few charter schools that are 
mainly in urban areas in Seattle and then I think at least one in Tacoma. Um, so that'll be coming out, I don't know, I don't know if it'll happen before a session that more legislation will come out or um, in the opening weeks of, of uh, the legislative session. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then something I missed last month, uh, the Center for, uh, what is it called? The Center for Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, which is a uh, quite progressive think tank, liberal think tank, um, came out with a study on education spending in the states. And Washington, we're finally starting to see um, Washington's uh, investment in education that started in 2013 show up in these studies. So uh, uh, the report looked at all 50 states and where K-12 funding is vis-a-vis, you know, 2008 levels before the Great Recession hit. So overall, total state K-12 funding, Washington is number 15. We're slightly, we're 0.9% below 2008 levels. When you adjust for inflation. But yeah. Um, so, we're, you know, that's pretty good. Better than being, you know, Arizona's uh, dead last at minus 23.3%. So we're doing pretty well there. Then if you look at just state general funding per student, um, Washington is way ahead of the curve. We are number three in the nation. We had an increase of 16.5%. Um, so that's pretty good. And then uh, there, were, <laughs> there were actually 12 states that cut general funding per student uh, last year in 2015. We did not. When Our, you say we're number three, you mean the, we have the high, the third highest rate third of highest, increase, yes. not the actual high, third highest uh, right. funding per student? Yeah. yeah so, oh, yeah. Sorry. I should have been the, and, the and increase. The, and, the, and the states that, that beat us are... The states that beat us are, for us, just state general funding per student, yes. are North Dakota and Alaska. The two states that over this period were um, were swimming in mm-hmm. oil revenues. Exactly. So these were, they were states where you were expecting mm-hmm. um, a, um, uh, a significant increase. Right. And, and so, you know, compare and so... We're better than all the rest. Yeah, we didn't get that from oil revenues. We got that from making a concerted effort from prioritization. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what's been remarkable in this state is how we Mm -hmm. have shifted around and and been increasing the amount of uh, the share of our state's funds that are going to um, K twelve education. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then finally, so we we increased. Uh, so this is the percent change in state formula funding per student, inflation-adjusted, fiscal years uh, 2015 to 2016. We come in number three in the nation at 8.3%. Uh, Georgia at 9.1% and Maine at 8.7% were ahead of us. So, uh, that you know, that's things are looking good for all the... Uh, belly aching that's being done in some quarters, but how we're not spending enough money. I mean, the fact that um, there has been this concerted effort to, as you said, truly prioritize education spending yeah. is now showing up um, yeah. and, and in the research. To loop back to something you'd said a little bit earlier, you know, it's 
uh, one of the things that has legislators so some legislators so ticked off at the current in the uh, at the current time is is that they have been working very hard mm-hmm. on this issue and mm-hmm. that they've really stepped up and our state has done a lot more for education over this time period than yeah. um, than other states have and um, they aren't getting credit for that. Yeah, it's there's been a lot of I just get a sense of cognitive dissonance when I'm reading what the court is saying. It's as though the legislature has done nothing. Mm-hmm. And they've done practically nothing but work on how they can prioritize education spending. You know, huge effort, so much time and effort. Um, and then to hear their sort of dismissive, uh, the court's dismissive statements, it, it doesn't really make any sense. They're so They seem so focused on this plan or whatever else they're focused on. They're not looking at, wow, there's, that's a lot of money that's being, that's being put into to education. And of course, you know, having to deal with all of the other, with the entire budget and, and dealing with working within those constraints. Um, yeah, it's, well, we could go on about the Supreme Court forever. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people could. I mean, I found it interesting. Um, I think it was, we noted in one of our podcasts uh, last year, even you know, former Governor uh, Christine Gregoire was expressing her frustration with the court. Um, she was saying, well, they, they keep s- saying that the legislature isn't doing enough. First of all, they have. Secondly, the deadline isn't until 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point it was 2015, now it's 2016. Um, so give us some credit for ha- starting yeah. work on this far enough ahead of time. Yeah. We'll see. Well, if, if nothing else, this session will be interesting for all the snarky comments delivered at the members of the court <laughs> 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 on the House floor and committee hearings. <laughs> Various other venues. I think that the Associated Press is having its um, annual legislative preview on Thursday. So that's, that'll be interesting, too. All right. Well, that'll uh, end it for this week's episode. Next week, we will have uh, already had, I think, one day of session under our belt. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what's happening as of then. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. And thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you next week. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.